My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome back, everybody. Joe, how you doing, brother? Doing good. I'm doing good. Sorry I'm not in the studio, and I apologize for last night, although the show you did last night was really fire. They need to go back and watch it if they didn't get a chance to see it. Um, yeah, Connor's we got a lot dude. to go over this. Morning. Yeah, we, we have a lot to go over this morning. Uh, there is, wow, where do we start? I mean, we have. Well, so we have Mario uh, Balaban from. I th- I don't know if I'm saying that right. Uh, I should have asked him before, but he will be on in uh, probably five or ten minutes with us. He is uh, one of the media directors for conservative daily or the i'm sorry one of the no, media managers for project veritas project veritas <laughs> <laughs> uh but he's gonna be talking i reached out to them because i i i wanted them to uh give us a few minutes and and speak about this new investigation that they had released uh last week and they from what I remember hearing, they had been working on this for at least six months. Uh, this is related to Tara Lee Rhodes, who is a whistleblower from the Health and Human Services. Uh, she went to work for the Office of Refugee Resettlement, and she has come out with some pretty disturbing stuff related to the unaccompanied, uh, unaccompanied child program or the UC program. Uh, so we're going to start off with not the lightest, uh, not the lightest stuff, but I really think that this is important that we talk about. I did a show maybe a month or two ago where I went through another documentary that was by Savannah says, uh, or Savannah Hernandez at Sav says, and she had been working with another whistleblower inside of a third party agency who was describing tens of thousands of children who are being flown in. We're paying for them. They're then going through these processes to be placed with adults uh, who don't know them. They find them over the internet. Uh, many of them are criminals. They're not being uh, you know, required to follow the background check processes. They're not being required to follow the paperwork. People who are showing up are not on the paperwork in the first place. And obviously uh, that is a perfect environment for predators uh, to get a hold of these children. And we don't know where they're going and we're paying for it. Uh, and th- this, these are huge numbers that that we're paying for. This is a massive amount of money 
this, however, I think, but, that, but that's makes not about it worse. The money. No, it's not. It's not about the money. And and that's what people need to understand is that they're they're trafficking. They're, they're not even hiding the fact that they're trafficking these children. They're not hiding it. They're, they are actually out there talking about the fact that hey, that, you know, we're not going to get sued by who? Cartels. They're yeah. saying the quiet part out loud, and they're going after children. And we've we've lo- we've long known that it's a gateway for them to pump drugs through the border. Uh, we know that there was this, and maybe we should pull it up. Remember that Team America video where the drugs uh, were being pumped in, and they were basically saying that the, it's a game. You remember that video? Um. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Yeah, I do. Here, let me. Let me find that video for you real quick and I'll send it to you. And I think we should play that because this is really what we're dealing with. And most people don't can't fathom the idea that there are that, that, that people would act this way, that they that they would actually uh, enjoy creating problems for um, for Americans. They, they'd enjoy pumping drugs in to kill your children. But there are people out there that feel that way and they all work for the government. Yeah, well, this and actually it looks like. Uh... It looks like we might have our guest ready. Uh, Mario, if you are ready to go, just give me a thumbs up. Uh, so this investigation, I think, adds some to that because what he was describing and what he really clearly shows is that not only uh, are these third-party organizations who are bringing these children in doing this, but Health and Human Services is, uh, is complicit in it and said some really disturbing things. So after we, we speak with Mario, I'm going to play some more of those so that you understand exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, but this is a systemic problem, and we, number one, we need some answers, but some people need to, need to answer for this. Uh, I'm not going to wait any further. We do have uh, Mario, Absolutely. and I'm going to butcher it, Mario Balaban, Balaban? Balaban. Balaban. There you go. Yeah. Okay, I was close. I was close enough, I guess. Uh, Mario, I really hey, Mario, appreciate welcome. you coming on. Thank you, guys. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Uh, I'm sure you are you look traveling like- all over the place. Sorry, you, you cut off there, Joe. What was that? I said you look like you're in solitary confinement. You got the, oh, yeah, the soundboard. Our, uh, in our bunker here in the Project Veritas headquarters. So this is our little booth here. So yes, it is. It is kind of a bunker style place. You're right. Sorry. Um, go ahead, Apollo. Cut you off there as well. No, 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 no problem. Uh, so, I mean, <laughs> part of me doesn't know where to start with this uh, investigation, but obviously, we know this is evil and we know this is disgusting. But you know, th- this is another layer. We've we've seen all these uh, traffickers going in, but really clearly, what it looks to me is I've watched the videos a couple times now, uh, and so I want to ask a. A couple questions, first of all, just to kind of frame it up. I, I know, I think I'd heard James uh, speak in another interview about uh, this investigation. How long were you working on this before you actually came forward with it? Yeah, so we actually had this whistleblower come to us, Tara. Uh, this was months ago. She came to us. And, you know, as journalists, what we do is once we hear testimony, she not only, you know, testified to what she saw, she showed us in her uh, government, la- uh, you know, laptop and computer addresses is information that corroborated what she had told us. So it very it seemed very legitimate, but obviously we wanted to do more work to make sure that everything was uh, was exactly as you know we imagined it was. 
And we were able to go undercover and speak with uh, people that Tara, you know, provided us, you know, the addresses and we went there and, and talked to those people. So it took us a few months to com- to complete it, to make sure everything was in order and everything uh, checked out. But uh, yeah, these type of big investigations sometimes take uh, take a while to to complete before we can give it out to the public. So in in uh, you know getting all this information together, I, I know that I you had a, a good amount of footage that you went and showed of a lot of these houses. You had some really, uh, I mean, some heartbreaking interviews with some of those children. Uh, you know, most of them are minors, or many of them are minors. Uh, would maybe be more accurate, but they are essentially being enslaved. They're being brought over here. They are being forced into, uh, you know, into working wherever the cartels or whoever these traffickers are bringing in, them in here. They obviously have a great deal of leverage against them. The people that are accepting them, God knows who they are in the first place. Uh, the, uh, there's a huge red flag there. Why are these people uh, being allowed to take these children or being allowed to sponsor them? You have the same individuals who are sponsoring multiple kids. Uh, the figure that I heard about, I think it was 300 or more children in a few square miles uh, in one area. These are so many red flags. I don't understand how Youth and Health and Human Services or any of these programs like the Office of Refugee Resettlement, they clearly know about this, especially when they uh, outrightly admit, yeah, we know that there are issues here, but the, the disturbing thing, and I'll play this after because I want to re- respect your time. I know we don't have you for too long. Uh, we don't get sued by the cartels. We get sued for holding children too long. So my big overarching question on this, after all that we've seen, all the pressure, all the media pressure, especially after this Biden administration, the games that we saw with Trump versus Obama uh, on how inhumane it is to keep these children there in cages, the entire thing looks perfectly architected and systemically, organically, the entire thing holistically seems to be perfectly uh, designed and uh, and manipulated in order to allow human trafficking and to just rip off the taxpayers while these people are enslaving children and selling them into sex trafficking. No, you, 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 you're exactly right there. So there's two uh, ways that I see it personally with with how this could happen. One is, as you said, the government is aware for sure of what's going on, but they just want to avoid any legal issues or legal battles in court that they think they'll face if they do anything about this. Right. So it's just it's not necessarily that they're doing uh, that they're participating in it actively and supporting the traffickers. But at the same time, they know about the traffickers and they rather not get engaged in that fight. Or worst case, the other way is that they actually are partnering right, with, with those people that are doing this kind of stuff to children. Uh, well, we, we weren't able to you know, com- completely confirm that they are, the government is you know, working hand in hand with traffickers and cartels. But we are able to say confidently that they are aware of these issues with children and that, that they are choosing the easier way out. Uh, that's more convenient for their bureaucracy than it is to, you know, actually do some, something decent for, for children, uh, underage kids. Mario, were you, were you one of the people that went down and went undercover? No, I was, I'm not. I'm not an undercover journalist here. Uh, obviously, we're all journalists at Project Veritas. I did not go undercover there. Uh, I work in the media team here for Project Veritas, so I, I speak on behalf of our stories. 
you know, I, w- I want to ask you a couple questions. Is this is this one of the most difficult stories that you've had to cover? It's it's very tough because there's there's two sides to it. I think because uh, it's a very bipartisan issue. It's a nonpartisan issue, right? I think this type of type of stuff should upset both Republicans and Democrats. I, I don't think this was you know obviously Project Veritas is often tagged as a conservative group that only does but. I don't see how this is a, a conservative uh, story by any means. So, you know, it's, it's, I think it, it was good in the sense of doing the story that it brings consensus between people. People actually can agree on something finally when they don't usually agree. But in terms of the emotional impact, definitely uh, very tough, especially I met the whistleblower, Tara. I've spoken to her. Uh, she's a very genuine person. She means well, and she's been in government for a long time. And for her to, you know, come to us after... 10, 15 years in government to uh, tell us what she saw. And she's never seen something like this before. Uh, really is concerning and upsetting. And uh, you know how fragile these children are. They, A lot of them only speak Spanish, but in some cases, some of these children coming from Central America are from uh, are, are, uh, natives of those countries. So they actually don't even speak Spanish. They speak a native tribal language. Native so they're, they're, yeah. Exactly. So they actually are more vulnerable than ever because they don't even have a lot of people that can communicate in Spanish with them. So they are completely at mercy uh, at many times of these uh, uh, traffickers who will, as the whistleblower said, will use uh, deportation as a threat to them. It's, if you don't do what I tell you, we will deport you. They, these um, sponsors have the ability to, to tell a child if they can or can't stay in the country and use that against them to do them uh, do their bidding. So it's really unbelievable power uh, that they have, and uh, nobody seems to be doing anything about it right now. So, so let me ask you this question, and this was a bigger question that I think I had, and that is, this is this should be a national story. This should this is almost a, a Watergate moment on on how children are treated. It, it justifies. Uh, all the things that people have been saying for years where they've been said that, hey, trafficking is not that big a deal. Why is it that ABC, NBC, NSNBC, uh, CNN, Fox, a large part, they, they basically stayed away from the story. N- nobody's willing to cover it. And yet this is this is a a, a, a story, frankly, that, that goes to the heart of humanity. Why? Why are they not covering it? It's a great question. Uh, what we've seen, uh, for at least from Project Veritas' perspective, is that anything we do, most of these mainstream outlets try not to cover it because they don't want to give us attention. They don't want to bring attention to our work. They want to keep the narrative that we only investigate Democrats and only investigate left-wing causes when they know for a fact that this is not investigating left-wing causes, right? And they automatically uh, assume here probably that uh, Project Veritas' intent was to expose the Biden administration uh, in this situation. Our, our intent was not that at all. We actually didn't, you know, this whistleblower came to us. We didn't seek this whistleblower out. This person told us what they saw. It's a true story. We have no intention of, you know, if the Biden administration is involved in this, that's because we proved that it was the case. It wasn't because we seek to prove that, but they obviously have a narrative to protect. They have, a, a, you know, people in power that they want to protect. A lot of these uh, media organizations these days don't investigate the powerful. They investigate people that investigate the powerful people. They investigate the people that are investigating the ones that are in power. That's their that's their way of operating. It's not investigating the powerful people. So that's uh, probably well, the reason why this happened. 
I will tell you, I am I'm one of the people that gets uh, hammered by the media. They, they just wrote a really nice hit piece um, at the uh, New York Times. And I talked to Reuters on the on the show yesterday. Um, again, anything they can do to basically shut down and hurt those people that are looking into the fraud across the country, regardless of what the fraud is, regardless of what it is, um, they're going to do everything they can to shut it down. But but this is a this is a story about children. And yep. even if it, I mean, there's got to be some sort of cohesion that happens or some, uh, you know, collaboration that happens in trying to solve this problem. But it seems like if, if it doesn't get brought to life, obviously, we, we know what the Biden administration has done with the border and Lepin. I think the correlation would be would be brought from, all right, here's the open border and here's the Biden administration and they're they're causing this crisis. And I think they're probably afraid of that. But at the end of the day, we still have to look at it push away all the uh, white noise and chaos and say, we're talking about children being raped and abused and, 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 and in many parts just becoming the lost. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, w- there's two sides to this as well in terms of who should be responding. One, we should hear some answers from the federal government, uh, HHS and other uh, organizations. We, we haven't heard from them. We've reached out. We haven't heard anything. Uh, they haven't responded to us directly. But there's also uh, a lot of these cases are happening, for example, in Florida and Texas. And, you know, these these some of these things can fall under the purview of the attorney generals of those states. So, uh, you know, I imagine that there might be some movement uh, with the with the attorney general offices in those states and to investigate the actual crimes against children, uh, be it sexual exploitation or even labor exploitation, which is the two things that uh, came up, is that they're ma- they're ma- they're working underage, uh, they're given false uh, fake social security cards, they are uh, obviously pimped out is another term that was used. Uh, so there's that, but also uh, maybe Congress now that you know there's a, a shift in Congress, they can open investigations and question um, you know what's going on in HHS. We saw several congressmen already come out with statements, uh, you know, of concern of what, of what they've seen. At least two or three uh, important congressmen here have come out and, you know, stated that they will, uh, that they find what, this video horrifying. So maybe Congress can do something to uh, hold the federal government accountable on this. Mario, are you concerned about the lawlessness, the fact that you guys have broken story after story after story of laws being broken, yet not one person? that I've been able to find has been charged with a crime as a result of the work in Project Veritas? Well, we have, we actually have had some people been, be prosecuted. Uh, in 2020, we exposed a voting, voter fraud ring in Texas, Raquel Rodriguez. She was a person yeah, yeah. that she, she was telling us on camera that, you know, nobody can find this out. I can go to jail. Uh, you know, this is how much I pay for votes. I've been doing this with thousands of ballots. I bribe people. This she was telling us, the whole, um, you know, everything she was doing. And the Texas Attorney General, similarly here, uh, Ken Paxton, he uh, announced charges and she was arrested. So we've had, we've seen definitely people get either be arrested or even fired for stuff that we've exposed. We've had a lot of teachers recently who've been caught telling people that, you know, that they indoctrinate kids in class. Uh, they don't hire Catholics. They don't hire people. They have age and, and religious discrimination based on political views. And a lot of these uh, public school teachers, by the way, which is hard to do anything with these teachers um, because they have so much tenure and protection, but they were still let go of their jobs because of what Project Veritas uncovered. So there's definitely some 
uh, you know, uh, things that have occurred, such as firings and, and some arrests. But uh, I agree with you that uh, there's, there's situations, for example, in Minnesota in 2020, where we exposed a lot of voter fraud and, and ballot harvesting there, where the Attorney General, uh, Keith Ellison, did absolutely nothing with the information. And uh, it looks like uh, people like Liban Mohammed, the guy who was in charge of the ballot harvesting there illegally, was com- com- never nothing ever happened to him. So there's definitely, uh, I think, uh, selective justice. It depends where you do it, right? If you do it in, in a place like Texas, where the attorney general takes certain laws very seriously, like voter fraud, they'll do something about it. But if you do it in a state like Minnesota, not necessarily a place where uh, people are very uh, open to hearing that voter fraud is a problem. Uh, so that, definitely a, an issue of, of selective justice, for sure. So, so we have sponsors that have been with us for a long time. This one has definitely been here a long time. This is Air Medcare Network. Today's podcast, again, sponsored by Air Medcare Network. If you live in a rural area that's hard to reach by road, if you travel a lot, if you even drive a lot, even if you don't drive a lot, this is good fire insurance. If you like to hike or spend time outdoors, you want to make sure your family's protected in a medical emergency. If you ever need to be air medically transported with Air Medicare Network, you're covered for as little as $85 a year. Your whole household will be covered in case you ever need to be air medically transported. Uh, simply visit airmedcarenetwork.com daily and use promo code daily and you'll receive up to a $50 Visa gift card when you sign up today. Now, they also have an Amazon card, but we don't do business with Amazon here on this show. So please do not sign up for this and get the $50 Amazon gift card uh, because that is feeding the beast and we don't feed the beast. So get that $50 um, gift card and sign up. You can go up to, I think the five-year membership is like 300 bucks or something. But uh, so it's even less. So it's $85 a year for your whole family. And then as you go up, it, it, it actually reduces. So airmedcarenetwork.com slash daily and use promo code daily. You know, there are two things that bother me about this whole affair. Number one, uh, and I'll, I'll ask you if you have any thoughts on, on this first point, is that, number one, you guys are doing amazing work. You, you guys have been bringing out, you know, as you just mentioned, things on election fraud. We saw some, uh, some investigations recently of undercover footage inside polling centers and other places. Uh, but, you know, stories like this, it, it's very clear that there's a massive problem in the media because I think systemically, if journalists and what we call the mainstream or the mockingbird media now, uh, if they were doing their job, you, you know, why would there be a need for Project Veritas to be doing all the work that all of these other supposed journalistic organizations are just outright not doing or, in fact, attacking you, the messenger, for bringing this stuff forward? Uh, and then number two, you take the, uh, you know, this particular instance, when you have cases where these people are being brought in, they're not only known to be going into the hands of traffickers, known to be going into the hands of abusers. Some of the sponsors are in fact going to prison for felonies. One mentioned in there being, uh, you know, assault of a minor uh, or battery of a minor, I think it was. And then, you know, one of the uh, girl's supposed aunts literally prostituting her out to she doesn't even know how many men but then you have the hhs flying these people directly to the traffickers once they come in knowing that these are the most most vulnerable children you know being from guatemala and some of these other other countries and then they're coming into the country being sold into debt bondage so they have to pay off the cartels again hhs knowing that's exactly what's happening then they have to buy documents then they have to pay off whatever else they have to. They have to pay the sponsor. Uh, I mean, 
this is such a massive systemic problem and there's no way that there are not far too many people who are very much in the know uh, for some massive, massive punishment to bring down these people from the justice system. That doesn't seem to be happening. So my question, I guess, is what, what do you see in terms of the systemic problem? And then how can we start pushing on these people to actually get some accountability? Yeah, I think, you know, so Project Veritas role as journalists is to inform the public. So uh, we want to, we don't, we don't take a, a position on what policies need to be changed, who should be elected, that kind of stuff we don't engage in, but we do inform the public. And we believe that the public uh, with information is able to make decisions for themselves. I think uh, with, with the public knowing what's going on, they can create the pressure and create the change that they want to see. Uh, so the, the way to change things would be the public uh, getting this information and, you know, maybe calling their congressman or, or obviously they're going to vote in a certain way. But uh, that's, that's, I think, the, the way to change. It's a cultural issue. Uh, you know, as Andrew Breitbart would say, uh, politics is downstream from culture. So once you uh, inform the public and create a cultural cons uh, consensus around what's going on, uh, that's when the public has, you know, the will, the desire to actually go out and do something. Uh, I think it's uh, our motto of Project Veritas is be brave, do something. We depend on the public to come to us with tips, to come to us as whistleblowers. And that's how we a lot of our stories are, are published these days. So if anyone who's watching this has information that the public deserves to know, always come to us and we will, put, you know, if it's newsworthy, we'll most certainly publish it. Well, we're going to we're going to play I want to play a little bit of the actually I want to play the whole thing, but it's about 10 minutes long. And, and Mario, I don't know how much I, I, I've held off because I wanted to hear more of your thoughts. Yeah, um, I, I, was, I, was, I have about five more minutes of, uh, or so before another meeting I have. So can I can I right, ask so a question then before we play the video? I just want to since we do have you, uh, you know, obviously something like this takes a lot of time and resources and. There are a lot of people that come to you guys. What does it look like to to put together an investigation like this? I know obviously you have the whistleblower, but I assume there's a fair amount of uh, resources that have to go into just one investigation. Something like this in particular, where you're going and looking at all these sites, uh, you know, tracking down all these things. Uh, you know, what does that look yeah. like so people know what what you guys are actually doing? Yeah, it's, it's very, it's, it's a lot of work. You know, there's a lot of research involved before, you know, people only think that we show up at a bar and meet someone and they, these people start talking to us. Uh, obviously, that is a part of what we do. But, you know, you have to actually know where you're going, who you're talking to. Why is this person you're talking to matters? Is this person that came to you with this information actually telling you the truth? Or is someone actually trying to make something up and uh, distract you or even worse, uh, you know, plant a story on, on uh, that will make us look bad? So, you have to do a lot of research, a lot of background, a lot of, you know, you need a lot of intelligent people that can assess character and assess uh, intent on people. Uh, so th it's a lot of, of that kind of grunt work in the, in the back end. And then once you're out in the field, the most important thing you have to do is be relentless. You're going to meet people, 10, 20, 30, 50 people that there might be relevant but to your story, but they actually might not be, right? They might be some someone that you thought was going to give you information or, or something, but and it turns out they weren't. So what you have to do in the end is to keep persisting until you find the story. You can never, you know, uh, give up on when you're on on, on something. 
So it's a lot of time. It involves travel, of course, because things are happening in different states. So you have to make sure that you're uh, always, a, you know, we're everywhere in the country. Project Veritas has journalists everywhere all the time. A lot of them uh, have to be in hotels, all, you know, without seeing their family for a long time. So it's very demanding on that side, right? So um, it's a lot of work, but, you know, it's, it's necessary. So, you know, Project Veritas is based off of donations. We're a nonprofit organization. So we, uh, we depend on people that care about our work and care about the stuff that we do to uh, help us keep doing it. Awesome. All right, and they can they can donate Project Veritas's website. Yes, projectveritas.com is our website. There's a donation link on the page if anyone uh, would like to support us. And also, if you have any tips or information to Project Veritas, uh, you can uh, you can do, you can go on our projectveritas.com website and also uh, submit a tip and re- and someone will always reach out and give you a call or email you back if you do reach out to us with information. This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar- massive arsenal of top-tier firearms and competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, But you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, As always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online available to everyone across the entire country. Awesome. Mario, I want to thank you. Go ahead, Joe. Awesome. Yeah. No, I definitely want want to thank you, and I want to uh, give you an opportunity to uh, drop any stories that you want by us. We we, we obviously cover lots of the different stories that you've been able to uh, break um, and uh, you know, we'll continue to, to follow follow you as well. And following you getting off of here, we will actually play the 10-minute videos. We'll make sure people see it. Awesome. No, thank you guys both. And, uh, you know, Project Veritas will be doing a lot more uh, stories next year, a lot of education stories, uh, government corruption stories. So uh, stay tuned. We won't, won't be stopping anytime soon. Awesome. All right. God bless you. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much, Mario. So, so let's go through and play this video. It, it, it is disturbing. Yeah. It is very, 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 very disturbing. You, you have a child, a 15-year-old child. I, I can't even. If someone yeah. did this to my child, I can tell you right now. 
and and this is someone that is supposed to be entrusted with that individual child that is actually pimping out in to men sometimes women i mean these are sometimes little boys it's this is it's it's a pretty sick environment let's go ahead and play it yeah so there's a i'm going to uh i might pause it a couple times just for everyone listening because i'm going to read the text uh because not all of this is in english so for those of you on audio i'll read it for you children in the hands of criminals and i said look i said i need to make you aware and they said tara we don't get sued by traffickers. A government whistleblower with the Council of Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency has stepped forward to Project Veritas to detail her harrowing experience assisting with the placement of unaccompanied migrant children the Department of Health and Human Services. In 2021, this whistleblower volunteered to assist HHS with the placement of unaccompanied minors and was deployed to the Migrant Emergency Intake Site in Pomona, California. There, she witnessed the agency failing these children, as she puts it, doing the work of the cartels on your tax dollars. These vulnerable children, we care for them, we clothe them, we feed them. With your dollars and my dollars, we fly that product directly to the trafficker. God forbid it's sex trafficking. Project Veritas embarked on a nine-month investigation across the country to corroborate our whistleblower's claims. So he attempted to traffic children and he's still at address in Texas. Yes, we have 44 unaccompanied children at that address. We have 25 unaccompanied children at that address. Project Veritas put boots on the ground, visiting scores of addresses the whistleblower shared from case files she worked on. What we found was shocking. Young children living with multiple older, unrelated men. And in one case from Gulf Freeway in Houston, Texas, a young girl who admits to her female sponsor using her for sex work. ¿Quién te patrocinó a ti? It says, who sponsored you? An aunt, but she kicked me out of the house. She kicked me out because she was pimping me and I didn't like that. This is a 16-year-old girl. She offered you what? She would pimp me to men. And how many men did she force you to be with? How many men? Many, many men. I don't remember. I didn't like what she was doing to me. She forced me. Is she really your aunt? She said she knew me since I was a young child, but I did not know her. I don't believe that this is something that HHS wants people to know. So tell me about your experience in the federal government. So I've been a federal employee for over 19 years. I'm a GS-14. I work for the Council of the Inspectors General on Integrity and Efficiency. We combat fraud, waste, and abuse in federal programs. I've seen that there are large numbers of children who are being sent to the same location in some areas Within a few square miles, there are over 300 unaccompanied children who have been released. It's just strange that HHS knows there's a lot of children going to one area, and yet they're not doing anything to, say, 
there's going to be a mandatory home study before we send one more child here. One of the things that has occurred in this administration is that they have relaxed a lot of the stringent vetting by creating these additional field guidances. And there's a focus on move the children as opposed to place children in safe homes. Right now, it is speed over safety. Move the children 10 to 15 days. I am holding Field Guidance 10 from HHS, which was enacted in March 2021. This guideline pushes expedited release of unaccompanied children to sponsors, according to our whistleblower, within 14 days after processing. And what sorts of fraud have you witnessed? Uh, name fraud, legal document fraud? So we had some cases, uh, it's specifically in Austin, where a sponsor was attempting to simultaneously sponsor two unaccompanied children. In one application, said his address was at one location, and then for the next child, he used a different address of a neighboring apartment building. Mm. So same person sponsoring at two separate addresses. And who's he? Um, so the sponsor here, mm. Edgar. ¿Cómo se llama usted? Yo me llamo Edgar. Edgar qué? Edgar, Edgar Tiul. Tiul, oh, mucho gusto, Edgar. Eres de Guatemala. She says, Edgar, nice to meet you. Are you from Guatemala? Yes. When did you arrive in the United States? A year ago. She asks, how many adults live here? About five or six? He says, yes, we're five. About five men, all men? He says, yes, all men. Are there any kids here? He says, no. At any moment, have you sponsored any children? He says, no. He attempted to traffic children, and he's still at... Which was a lie. ...address in Texas, walking a free man. Yes, HHS does not want federal law enforcement going after their sponsors in any way. Why not? It's a very good question that I don't have the answer to. Our sponsors typically are not citizens. They are not permanent residents. They don't have legal presence. If you look at the data on the HHS website, a majority of the children who are coming across the border unaccompanied are from Guatemala. Why is that? Well, I believe they're easier to exploit. What is your last name? She says, I don't know. This is a small girl. I don't know. How old are you? She says, I don't know. Is your daddy here? No, he left for work. Where is your mommy? She is in Guatemala. And this is them going into the apartment where other unrelated adults, adult men are there. The journalist asks, who else lives here? We are only six, and the girl. The girl and four other adults, four men, right? Yes, four men. Where are you from? This is two children from Guatemala, they say. Who do you live with? My dad. And who else? Some guys, they reply. There's about eight of us. Is the girl alone in the apartment? No. Who is she with? Father? No, she's with some guys. And how many live in your home, they're asked. Six. All men? He replies, yes. 
Where is your mother? To another child in Guatemala. Did they let you cross? What happened? No, they let us in. a federal form. So if they provide false information on federal documentation, that also is criminal. We don't know if the U.S. Attorney's Office in Texas knows about this. Right. They probably don't. I think most people don't know. They have no idea that children are going to unrelated people, that children are definitely, we have proof, evidence, that they're being recruited and transported. They're then in debt bondage. Says myself, I have to pay. You have to pay off the debt? How much? I have 18 left. $18,000? No, quetzales. 18,000 quetzales. That children have been trafficked through the program. And the name of this program, again, is? It's the Unaccompanied Children program, so the UC program. She asked the young girl, is this really your aunt? She's my aunt. Did you know her in Guatemala? She says no. She said that she says she knew me since I was a child, but I didn't know her. He's got to use the cartel to get his children across Mexico. But once he gets the children to the U.S. border, we take them. So we take the product. These, these vulnerable children, we care for them, we clothe them, we feed them. And then with your dollars and my dollars and the dollars of every person watching, we fly that product directly to the trafficker. The trafficker then has the ability to labor traffic that child until they're caught, if they ever are. And God forbid it's sex trafficking. The girls asked who sponsored you, an aunt, but she kicked me out. What did you say? She kicked you out? Why? She says, 16-year-old girl, she was pimping me out and I didn't like that. How long did you live with your aunt? I think four months. That's it? How many men did she force you to be with? Many. I do not remember. She forced you to be with these men? She says yes. Did she do this at home or take you somewhere else? No, in the home. I didn't like what she was doing. She forced me. Once the children are gone to the sponsor, there's nothing that we can do about it. There's nothing that HHS can do. We give the child to the sponsor. I said, do you think the child is going to take the sponsor to their immigration hearing? And they're like, Probably not. And I'm like, no, probably not. So hence, the child gets an order of deportation, and that's it. I mean, their chance to get their papers are, are gone. So they've been harmed. But why is that beneficial to the sponsor? And I say, case manager, think with me. Who gets the order of deportation? The sponsor. What happens? The sponsor can hold up that order of deportation to that child and say, this is your order of deportation. If you do not do what I say, when I say, I'm going to call ICE on you myself. We are paying to put children in the hands of criminals. She says, I escaped. How did you leave? I told her I'm going to the laundromat. She went there looking for me and didn't find me there. Later on, she called immigration. She came running up to me. And she said, Tara, we're sending another child to 
Austin. And I said, what do you mean? So I picked up all my stuff. I go running down to the command center to mm-hmm. talk to the executives there. I said, we're getting ready to send an- another child. And they said, Tara, I think you need to understand that we only get sued if we keep kids in care too long. We don't get sued by traffickers. Are you clear? We don't get sued by traffickers. So that was the answer of the United States federal government. HHS did not want this information to get out. They knew I had made protected disclosures and they retaliated against me as a whistleblower and had me kicked off the site so that I could no longer research the cases. If you're a case manager and you know this information, if you work for HHS, come forward. It's the only way to... And before we move on, today's show is sponsored by Augusta Precious Metals. They help retirement savers use gold IRAs to diversify and hedge against this crazy economy. Augusta is different. They don't push fear and doom like some gold IRA companies. They're all about compliance, transparency, and educating people to protect their retirement. Augusta has thousands of five-star ratings and hundreds of great reviews. Their most famous customer, quarterback Joe Montana, Loved the company's mission so much he's now their paid ambassador. Even Money Magazine says Augusta is the best gold IRA company. So don't get into a gold IRA nightmare. Protect your retirement savings with a reliable, transparent company. Get Augusta's free guide from their website. You can go to www.augustapreciousmetals.com. That is A-U-G-U-S-T-A preciousmetals.com. A company that puts its money where its mouth is. Love it. Get the Augusta Precious Metals free gold IRA guide at www.augustapreciousmetals.com and do something now about protecting your retirement. So how's that? I can't. I can't. uh, So this is the type of stuff that I wouldn't mind going vigilante justice on, honestly. I mean, this is the stuff that that uh, gets me to the place where, you know, there are no rules. They they they're not getting sued by traffickers, so they let children be trafficked. I mean, think about that. Think about what we're dealing with here. Think about think about what I just said. We are willing to let children be trafficked because they're not going to. They don't have a voice. Now, I want you to correlate that with what's happening with your voting rights. These machines stealing your voice. If the government is willing to let children be sex trafficked, if the government is willing to let children be abused, killed, used for organs, used for any number of things, what do you think they're willing to do to you? I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to be Captain Obvious here. These people are evil. And these people are at the highest levels. Remember, she went down to the command center. She went to the command center and said, hey, this is what's happening. And they said, hey, let me be very clear. This, we don't care about that. Now, they're lying to us about everything, lied to us about the vaccine, lied to us about grooming our children in school, lied to us about the type of education that they're getting, lied to us about the math curriculum, lied to us about critical race theory, lied to us about, I mean, you want me to keep going? 
They haven't told us the truth about anything because chaos favors the op. They left the border open, lied about the border. Biden hasn't even gone to the border. Went to went to Arizona to to deal with the illegitimate Hobbs. I mean, think about what we're dealing with. Yeah, yeah. I mean this uh, this program was. I'm looking this up. This was transferred to the Office of Refugee Resettlement in 2003. So, you know, you have this whistleblower coming forward now. And obviously there have been some things that have changed since 2003. We know some of them occurred when they stole the election in 2020. Um, but do you, do you think when, when she went down to the command center and they said, hey, we don't get sued by traffickers, when they, told, when they said, is that very clear? Do you think that these this, that was the first time they'd heard anyone come forward and say what are we doing you know why, why are we doing this why are we not protecting these kids do you think that these you know these federal agents at these these offices who handle all these programs and deal with all these children uh, do you think that they are they're just unaware of the fact that the way this program is set up flying these people to traffickers and then you know that same individual who they don't vet who are not citizens who are not permanent residents that this isn't a perfect opportunity for them to exploit these children. No, they know exactly what I think they know. Yeah. You know, we, we don't seem to be getting to a place where it's getting any better. We don't seem to be getting to a place where we're solving more problems. It's they're just creating new ones. And part of the reason why is because we've created the symptom, the services symptom, not the problem itself. You know, that's 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 why President Trump went straight to let's build a border wall and let's have a zero tolerance on trafficking and gun traffic or, or excuse me, uh, drug traffickers. It solves the problem. That is the root of the problem. And I think I just sent tried to send you that video. I don't know if it went through. Um, did you, did you get that that one on the? The fact that they uh, helped me. Um, oh, the, the uh, traffic. Are you talking about the Team America thing? Yeah. Um, I can I can send. No, I didn't get it. But but the 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 reality of it is is that you just don't have a. There's no choice. There's no choice given that. All right, we're going to solve this problem. We're going to solve this problem, and we're going to make sure that what we do allows us to stop the trafficking in this country. And it's because it is, you know, this 16 year old was pimped to many, many men. She had to leave, go to a laundromat and then leave. And the next thing you know is because she didn't come back when she came looking for her, she called immigration. Again, stick in the carrot in order to keep a child, a child that should be looking forward to education. They should be looking forward to going to college and building opportunity for themselves. Now it's turned into a prostitute. Yeah. When I want let, let's think about that for a second. Be, let's just assume I'm I'll make an assumption, right? That these people so that one girl was sent to her supposed aunt. She didn't know she was her aunt. She just said that she knew her since birth. So, is that true? Probably not. Uh let's assume that this woman and many like her work hand in hand and know the rest of these cartel uh you know cells who are in this country and are funneling people over the border. 
They don't care about these children. If the kids run away, cool. They deport them. They don't have to worry about them. They have all the leverage. Then they get sent back to who? The cartels? Where do they go back to? Yeah. And, and you know, we talk about the elections. Give me a few seconds. I'll have that video ready. We talk about the election. The people of America know that something's wrong. The media wants to tell you that everything is fine and it was just racist and horrible and inhumane uh, because they weren't releasing these children immediately. Because now seeing this, I think that frames it up pretty well, right? That really they're concerned about, well, if we hold these children too long, uh, then we can't sell them into the hands of our cartel members. Then, you know, then we have to deal with them. They're at the centers. Uh, but the people know that something is wrong. We don't want open borders. This whole lie, they have all these actors and people like AOC and all these, these disgusting people who come out and say, oh, this is all so inhumane. Uh, look what Donald Trump is doing. They make it about all of these feelings, but the American people don't want that. They, we didn't vote for that. We didn't, we didn't want no border wall. We didn't want this, this open border policy. The children that are being harmed here the same issue is affecting children in this country when these people come over unvetted and are in these catch and release programs, including people with, with felonies. And then they go on and assault or kill or, you know, worse to uh, women and children in this country. And people didn't vote for that. But this exists because we don't have elections. We don't have any say. And these same people who are willing to steal everything and are willing to pimp out these kids. These are the same people who's, who are allowing this to happen and looking the other way, if not actively participating in it. You know, and, and the media has done a really good job, and this is a good thing. First of all, it's projectveritas.com. We put up projectveritas.org. It oh, is not projectveritas.org. Veritas.com. It's projectveritas.com, not projectveritas.org. Projectveritas.com. Um, but th this is, you know, as you go further as you go further through this, you start to really get to the bottom of just how sick it is. I mean, it's really, really sick. And, and the, and the cover-up that's happening with the media. And I, and I'm talking about the Twitter files. We got a chance to talk about it on Friday. I think there's going to be some more drops. We're going to do some more uh, stuff. I think about this tonight, but Tucker actually attacked this. So before, before we actually go to that, um, I do want to play this short video that talks about the drugs and the, the DEA, and they basically just, that the, the drug enforcement is a game. And you can see it. You can see that they're readily available drugs. Drugs are more readily available today in every way, shape, and form than they've ever been. Let's go ahead and play it. Jose Irizarry says they called themselves Team America, a group of jet-setting, high-living federal agents and prosecutors who were supposed to be fighting the war on drugs. But the former Drug Enforcement Administration star says they all knew that war was unwinnable, so they were going to milk it for all it was worth. It is a game. The drug war is a game. We, it was a very fun game that we were playing. The 48-year-old Irizarry pleaded guilty in September 2020 to 19 criminal counts, including bank fraud and diverting millions in drug proceeds. For years, the Department of Justice portrayed the San Juan, Puerto Rico native as a rogue agent. 
But Irizarry says the problems go much deeper. They kind of painted me in this picture of that I'm this mastermind of what we were doing, and I wasn't the mastermind. In fact, the DOJ has begun questioning as many as two dozen current and former agents and prosecutors who Irizarry claims either participated in or turned a blind eye to his abuses. Former federal prosecutor Bonnie Clapper is not involved in this case, but says the system allowed this to happen. Nobody was minding the, uh, the house. No one was checking to see. There were no controls. The case revolves around a fact that most Americans aren't aware of that the federal government launders tens of millions of dollars a year on behalf of the world's most violent drug cartels. You launder 100000 and you can figure out who dropped off the money. You work that person higher up into the organization. You find out who the traffickers are. You do bank subpoenas. You find out where the money is going. So the goal was to generate targets, seizures, and prosecutions. But Irizarry says it became more of a private slush fund for him and his friends. He has implicated a list of former colleagues in Miami, accusing them of lining their pockets and falsifying records to pay for parties and overseas jaunts. It was mostly about drinking and, um, and girls. Uh, and then we sprinkled in a couple work things. Drinking and girls. There you go. That's that's DEA. That's people that are out there. I mean, you talk about HHS, talk about DEA. You know, we could solve this very easily with a couple thousand men, people from our own communities, lined up on the borders. You know, Civic Civic Chicks just says it right that you start plucking off the coyotes. And you know, you do you pluck off the coyotes when they're trying to attack the, the sheep, when they're attacking children. I think that, you know. I frankly think that if you're trafficking children for any reason, you should be put to death. Death. And it should be a quick trial. If you're hurting children, you're, if you're trafficking children, you should be put to death. Traffickers should be put to death. That's my thought. 100%. You know, I think it talks, I think that speaks to the reliance that you were, were talking about with uh, David last week and and i think with todd as well yeah. because you know remember we were we were talking about that if they're not going to do anything we still have all these things going on at the border we can do it just like now we're telling people to stand up in arizona uh i mean there, there has to be a point though at which we say enough i mean this is absolute evil yeah it's, it's time to it's time to put a stop to it it's time to put a stop to it we've got a bunch of other stuff to go through i don't think we're gonna i think we're gonna run out of time before we do, um, let's let's do this. Let's go through if we can. Tucker Carlson had something to say about the Twitter files. Of the Twitter files, I think a total of six minutes has been spent on any of the major channels except for on Fox. Let's go ahead and play the Tucker clip. And welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. The main thing that we learned on Friday night, last Friday night, with the release of those previously undisclosed documents from Twitter is not that social media companies censor conservatives. Obviously, we knew that. No one's surprised to have it confirmed. No one denied it in the first place. No, what we learned on Friday is that big tech works aggressively and in secret with government agencies to subvert the outcome of what the rest of us assumed were free and fair elections. During the 2020 election, Twitter did this with the help of the FBI, committing censorship on behalf of one candidate 
while working to hurt the other candidate. It is hard to imagine a more brazen attack on our democracy than this. This is not how our system is supposed to work. In fact, it's illegal. What Twitter did is a violation of the First Amendment, as well as of established campaign finance law. They never declared those contributions to the Biden campaign. That's a crime. Thanks to the reporting of Matt Taibbi, who received access to these documents from Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, we know that this happened. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's a fact. But you wouldn't know it happened if you got your news from legacy media outlets in the U.S. In the days since Taibbi's jaw-dropping scoops, none of them have followed up on the story. And so they've dismissed the story as entirely normal. Of course the FBI was working secretly with Twitter and the Biden campaign to control your brain by limiting your access to factual information. That's how elections work. Or they're attacking Matt Taibbi personally for daring to write the story. So the same people who've spent weeks defending billionaire con artist Sam Bankman-Fried, who as of tonight you'll be happy to know was still in the Bahamas, unindicted, those same people are telling you that the real criminal here is the guy who's uncovering illegal censorship in a presidential campaign. <laughs> it's hard to believe they're saying that. Oh, but they are. Here's a selection. Elon Musk retweeted the quote-unquote Twitter files, a collection of documents that detail how the social media platform supposedly buried a story about a Ukrainian energy company paying money to the president's son, Hunter Biden. First of all, I just have to say that this whole thing is just ridiculous and it's not true. It was amazing to me that all of these sort of Fox News or whoever else jumped on this without ever fully understanding that it was basically meaningless what happened. And it actually turned out to be a good thing. Musk seems fixated on a two-year-old story about Hunter Biden's laptop. This is what we in the cable business like to call a hot take. And it reveals Elon Musk's profound ignorance of the First Amendment. We now know it was a really helpful thing, actually, the Twitter files today, because we got to see how content moderation works. We got to see how when a group of people with differing political ideas and ideologies and views gets together in the spirit of making a platform safe and healthy. <laughs> There's just so much there. Al Sharpton teaming up with the former George W. Bush aide to tell you censorship is good. <laughs> the first lady saying... This Ukrainian company allegedly paid Hunter Biden when there's no allegedly about it. Everyone involved has already admitted it. And then best of all, Ali Velshi, we in the cable business. Ali Velshi has never been in the news business. People in the news business cover the news. Propagandists censor and distort the news. And that's what you're watching there. I mean, he destroyed them. He absolutely ate their lunch. Yeah, but but that's not even the worst part about it. They're they're liars to the place to the point where we're not talking about reality anymore. There's no more reality to what happens with the radical left. They're not hiding the fact that they're liars. That's why I tell everyone become an ambassador of truth, and they have no peace. They should have zero ceiling above their head. We should be hammering them at every point, every single time someone opens their mouth. Anyone opens their mouth and and says something as ridiculous as what was said by the MSNBC, you should hammer it down their throat and make them eat it again and again and again. And, and by the way, there's no civility. There's no civility. I'm calling for incivility. I'm calling for us to be as incivil as we possibly can. Because you don't let a lie survive. You don't let children run the streets being sexually abused and trafficked. 
You don't let it happen. You don't leave the borders open so that drugs can come across it. And you don't say and normalize what Hunter Biden did or what Joe Biden did as nothing to see here. It's two years old. Let's just push it out the window. No, no, they don't get to have stability. But the White House, they had something to say, didn't they? Oh, yeah, the darling. Yeah, this I'll is show you we what. Should, uh, yeah, yeah. Pay attention to what what this clown says, KJP. My question was that you had said, I think, six or so days ago, that the White House was watching um, closely the situation at Twitter after Elon Musk's ownership of it, with respect to misinformation, and because these files were released um, on the basis of, you know, hack materials clause uh, at Twitter. Uh, decisions were made to, to censor reporting leading up to the election. My question was, is it the White House view that these decisions were made appropriately in light of what has come out? Which decisions? By whom? By Twitter. By Twitter on, okay. So look, we see this as a, a an interesting or a coincidence, if I may, that uh, uh, that he would so haphazardly, uh, Twitter would so haphazardly push this distraction. Uh, that is a that is a full of uh, old news, if you think about it. Um, and uh, at the same time, Twitter is facing very real and very serious questions uh, about the rising volume of anger, hate, and anti-Semitism on their platform. <laughs> yeah, here we go. So this shows there you go. They a, solved uh, the problem. Go ahead. This is before he even took over. Yep, this goes right. up to November 30th. And, uh, you know, the president said last week, more leaders need to speak out and reject this. And uh, it's a very alarming and very dangerous. And But our focus right now is helping the American families. I just talked about what the president is going to be doing in Arizona, talking about the Chips and Science Act, talking about how we're bringing manufacturing jobs back here to the U.S., talking about under this administration, more than 700,000 jobs uh, have been created uh, in manufacturing jobs, to be more specific. Look, what is happening, it's, it's not... It's, it's frankly, it's not healthy. It won't do anything to help a single American improve their lives. And so, look, this isn't. We we see this as is an interesting, uh, you know, cons, uh, you know, coincidence. Uh, and uh, we, and you know, it's a distraction. A distraction. You believe that? And she talks about helping Americans' lives as this the same mainstream media who are saying, "Oh yeah, this is unbelievable. Musk doesn't get it. How reckless. This is a distraction. Old news. It's very telling." These are the same people now going on on all of their platforms that you know the CIA probably paid for, and they're saying, "Well, yeah, so there's this rail worker strike, but I mean, hey, rail workers, is it worth it? Is it really worth it to strike? Because you know you could you could mess up the economy. Is it worth it, rail workers? Christmas is around the corner. Is is it worth it? People are sick." Yeah, so I want to talk about the rumble rants we got. We got two. Uh, Biden eliminated Project Talon that specifically targets illegal alien child traffickers, predators coming across the border almost immediately after taking this. That's from the Liberty Lion. So thank you, Liberty Lion. And then we have another one that came through uh, from Bones Mama One. Immediate death to all traffickers and assisting assistant traffickers. Just my opinion. I bootlegged a clip. Going to try to buy them. When I'm able, thanks for what you do, an absolute necessity. That's 
that we have news. So thank you. Um, thank you, uh, Bones Bama one as well. Um, look, I think that what we're dealing with right now, and this is, this is why I say that we need to push people to engage, push people to be the ones that are the, the shining light, right? Is because frankly, there's, there is, there is a massive issue. There is a massive issue in this country with us being apathetic and relying on someone else to hold these clowns accountable. And we have to be the ones to hold them accountable. And, and if it's a lack of civility towards the, the people that, that lie, cheat, and steal, then it's a lack of civility. And if that ends up where, where they decide that it heats up things, it should heat things up. We have got to heat things up. We, we do not want to get down to what Newt Gingrich said is, hey, let's work with the Biden regime. We don't want to work with them. You don't work with the devil. And they have shown us who they are. If they tell you who they are, believe them because they're exactly who they say they are. Yep. Amen. So we're going to be, uh, um, oh my gosh, so much stuff on the Twitter with uh, Katie Hobbs. So we, we uh, have talked a little bit about this. I know that there's going to be a, there's a fax blast today that was, was done. So I want to talk quickly about that. There's a letter going to Congress. Let me go ahead and read this if I can. And tomorrow we're going to be doing one to Congress that I want to absolutely blow up. I want it to blow up. And that's going to be the one where we talk about the trafficking of children. Um, it's important for you to, to have uh, this voice. I didn't know. Ash just said there's a second Tucker clip for the Twitter files. Let's go ahead and play that first. Let's play that first before we do this. Here's Michael Steele of MSNBC, the former RNC chairman, by the way letting you know that actually revealing the mechanics of censorship is itself an attack on free speech. Putting those things back on the platform, uh, juxtaposition with the argument that he's all about free speech, um, really undermines the central, some of the central tenets of free speech is that it is, it is about, yes, the freedom of you to say things, but not at the harm or expense of someone else. And so when you're perpetuating lies and, and, and so forth, um, you're really kind of laughing in the face of this idea of what the platform he claims is supposed to be. So any day you get to see Michael Steele misuse the words juxtaposition, obviously it's a good day. But the payoff really was his little lecture on constitutional law. The essential tenet of free speech, Michael Steele just told you, the essential tenet is that you as an American citizen are never allowed to say things that other people object to. Okay, Michael Steele. If you get a chance, let us know what constitution you've been reading. The one that we have here in the U.S. is pretty clear. In the United States, you get to say as an American citizen what you believe, period. And under no circumstances ever may the government infringe on that right, period. Again, that's the First Amendment. The first came before all others. They must have thought it was really important to make it the first. I guess. So, let, so let me just let me just read this if I can. Yesterday, dear Congress, yesterday the White House press secretary uh, KJP said the Twitter files are old news and a distraction from the important work our global governors are doing. Of course, she would not. She would say that the social media disclosures show how the Biden campaign, the Biden White House, worked closely to misinform voters prior to the 2020 election. That isn't old news. It's finally confirmed what we've all we've known all along. 
The 2020 election was illegitimate. Anything you've done since is also illegitimate. Between the Biden laptop and the Pfizer files, uh, you have been more than you have had more than enough evidence to impeach. That said, the American people are much more interested in the local collaboration and election meddling, such as been revealed by Katie Hobbs' team using the Twitter account manager and pseudo government agencies to manipulate public opinion during the elections. Hobbs was responsible for running. Why are you not more curious about this? We want to know if this collaboration collaboration also happened with Colorado's Jenna Griswold, Michigan's uh, Jocelyn Benson, Georgia's Brad Raffensperger, and every other state elected official. The government used technology companies to manipulate the public is a significant violation. It isn't about Democrats or Republicans, it's about all of you. We are angry and shocked that we and we demand justice. As the people's representatives, you have a duty and responsibility to do the work of the people. You swear an oath to protect our rights. Do you think it's okay to violate your oath because you might lose an election? Can you even conceive of the magnitude of that violation? The demand for remedy is use every power in your office to find and expose the truth about this overwhelming government corruption and collaboration to violate America's natural rights. Remember your oath. And we'll close on that because we are out of time. And I'm going to go see, I'm going to go hang out and talk to Mike Lindell here in a minute. So I'll be praying for him. But I want to close this in prayer and tell everyone that it's time to, to end the, the conversation about civility. I am, I am not interested at all in civility. I am not interested at all in having any sort of communication or uh, cooperation with the radical left. How can you? They're trafficking children. They're grooming your children. They're putting critical race theory and and using equity as a, as by the way, you can't even describe equity. It's just equity, which is a, a tenant of communism. They're they're destroying the, the nuclear family. I mean, I could go down, how far down the line? Pushing fentanyl in our communities that are killing our young people at a record rate. What, what kind of civility am I supposed to have with pieces of trash like KJP and basement Biden who steals and hands money over to our enemy? Who, who fights proxy wars and puts our American soldiers in jeopardy for their own private gain. What kind of civility am I supposed to have when they steal elections, build election machines that are designed to steal your voice, install people, raise taxes, make energy almost unaffordable, and kill the spirit of the most vulnerable among us? Please tell me what kind of civility we're supposed to have after that. And now I'm going to tell you now, none. You should have no civility. They should not have any peace. You should be able to talk and speak and use your wallet to make sure they don't get any of your money to weaponize against you. We should shut them down, period. And if the only way to do that is to lose civility, then I'm willing to do that. I believe that God put us on a path. He put us on a path and he said, look, this is going to be a very difficult path. You have let things go for far too long. You've been relied on people who are evil, that have let that evil grow as a cancer, not only in our government, but in our society. So if you want to stop it, the same has to be true. You have to be willing to cut down those trees. And sometimes that's going to take harsh words and a harsh reality of standing and learning the power of the word no. Not just no, but hell no. And if we do that, we're likely we'll be able to get out of this mess. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take vigilance. It's going to take focus on mission. And more often than not, it's going to take an immense amount of courage to stand up to what we know is a fight between good and evil. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Amen. All right.
Shall we pray? Let's pray. Oh, by the way, Mountain Princess got a new gun this weekend. She got a new P365. So I figured I'd announce that. Jada, good job. All right. Father God, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity we have to be here. Thank you for Project Veritas' Mario uh, for coming on to the show. Thank you for the work that they do, Father, and thank you for the the way that you're able to provide for them so that they have the resources, financial resources and human resources to do the work of exposing the evil in our society, in our country, in our government. Father, please help us as we go about our day that we may honor you and we may become more resilient in the, in the desire to fix the wrongs that are within our community within our society, within our families. Father, please give us the courage and the wisdom to stand up to these evil, evil people. Help us, Father, that we can break down the barriers and those that are misinformed, that we can bring them to the light, that you can strip back all of the veils and allow people to see things for as they are. Father, help us to protect our children by exposing these traffickers. Father, please give us the strength that we may stand in the gap to eliminate all of these atrocities against people who are in vulnerable positions. Father, I ask you to uh, give us the ability to continue to do this show twice a day, to grow the ability for us to report on the news, to give us resources so that we may become a force to be reckoned with across the country. And Father, I would just ask a special blessing of peace and joy over the people that listen to this broadcast. I would ask for a special blessing over Mike Lindell and others like Mike that are fighting so hard to get us to a place where we can uncover the unjust and illegal actions of these voting machines, companies, and the government collaborators that have stolen our voice. Please bless the people in Brazil. And Father, give them the strength and the stamina to be able to continue to stand in the gap. Father, please bless the leaders there that they can do the right thing call for a new election that's on paper it gives people the ability to have confidence in a transparent election system and then father let's last thing is if i just ask that you boldly give us the ability to stand up and literally destroy this voting system in our country just destroy it down to the basics help us to get it back to a paper in person and all the things that eliminate and create Eliminate all the corruption, eliminate all of the crime, and help us to get to a place where we truly have the voice of the people. As for all these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Well, that's all we got today for Conservative Daily Podcast. Yeah, we'll be back later this afternoon. All right, we'll see you tonight at 9 at 4 o'clock. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family 
with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the Daily Facts Blast, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.